Blog Talk Radio. Hi, this is Russ Terry, founder and CEO of Life Coach Radio Network. Today's sponsor is Audible.com, a leading provider of spoken audio entertainment and information. Listen to audiobooks whenever and wherever you want. Get a free audiobook when you sign up for a 30-day free trial at audibletrial.com slash lifecoachradio. That's audibletrial.com slash lifecoachradio. And now, here's today's show. Hi and welcome. This is another edition of Bro Science. I am Sean Michael Kehoe and I am the owner of Transformations by Sean Michael. And we are waiting for our other hosts, um, guest host as well, um, Eric Ferguson, Body by E owner. And today we are fortunate enough to have another guest host, a friend of mine and fellow nutritionist, Colleen Magnani. So with that being said, I would love to introduce Colleen. And Colleen, can you give a little intro into what your business is and maybe a little bit of how you got your experience in the health and wellness field? Sure. Thanks so much for having me on the show. I'm excited for the show tonight. So I am a registered dietitian and a certified diabetes educator. I am currently in private practice in New Jersey in Bergen County. I see patients, clients um, in my office in Waldwick for a variety of different concerns, whether it's weight loss, just overall healthy eating, um, diabetes education, you know, you name it, I, I've done it in my practice. And I I also see people on online for virtual counseling as well if you're not local to the area. Um, okay. So, yeah, that's a bit about my background. That's fantastic. Eric, my friend, are you there? Yes, yes, yes. How you doing? How you doing? <laughs> all right. We are all here present and accounted for. Outstanding. Yes, yes, yes. Sorry for being late. That's quite all right. That's quite all right. Not the same without you. So, Eric, how are things? Give us a little update. The last time we talked to you, you had a book ready for release. Where are we at with your book? Um, should be coming out uh the beginning of next week. Everything is done. Finally got my cover approved. Everything is done. Uh, So, like I said, you'll see more on social media from it, but everything should be out next week. That's excellent. Very good news, man. Good stuff. Very exciting. Yeah, it is. How do you feel about it? Um, I mean, I'm happy. I'm happy for it. Is what you know. It was something I had planned to write a book, so it's a new venture for me. Um, excited, kind of nervous. You know, hope it does well. But I, I mean, really, I just hope people get the correct information out of the book. I you know I'll be happy with that. Absolutely. Yeah, no, we're we're definitely pulling for you, and we'll we'll definitely promote it as uh, as it gets closer. That's for sure. Be on the, on the lookout for the next great bestseller. Uh, appreciate it. Yeah, of course. So, anybody listening live, uh, if you want to call in, our number is six four six seven one six nine three nine seven. Again, it's six four six seven one six nine three nine seven. So, today's topic, what we're gonna go over is the basics of nutrition. I mean, there's so many things out there in terms of diet and weight loss, uh, but you know what? I think it's it's more important to really just cover the basics of what general nutrition and nutrition guidelines are really all about, and which is why we brought uh, our nutrition expert, Colleen McNanny, on today, um, and she can kind of help us guide us in, in the right direction as some of the healthier choices we should make, what are some of her thoughts and philosophies uh, with how she deals with her clients um, you know, and get her feedback in. And as well, we will get some call-ins, again, at 646-716-9397. So, Colleen, um, getting right into it, what, do you, um, what are your thoughts basically for eating on weight loss? So eating on weight loss, that's probably the number one thing I work with people on, you know, even if they're coming to me for something else, that's always something that it seems like almost everyone is working towards getting to a goal weight. 
Um, but, you know, that's a loaded question, Sean, because unfortunately there's not an easy answer, or I probably wouldn't have a job. <laughs> <laughs> so it's really, you know, it's multifaceted. I think a lot of it is what you're eating, but a lot of it also is is lifestyle. So, right. you know, with what you're eating, you've probably heard before that it's not just calories in versus calories out. You know, there's so much more that goes into it. And in a way, that's true, but calories is really a big part of it. Even though it may only be a part of the picture, the number of calories that you're consuming versus what you're burning off is really a big reason of whether you're gaining weight, maintaining weight, or losing weight. Um, So you have to look at, you know, what you're eating, what you're eating with your meals, with your with your snacks, and and also what you're eating in between. I get a lot of sure. of clients come to me and they're eating really good, healthy meals and healthy snacks. Um, but you know, once they're tracking and really thinking about it, sometimes it's those things that you're eating in between your meals or while you're cooking dinner that that can add up. So I think that you really have to be on top of of what you're eating, how much you're eating. Um, and, and tracking it, I think that really helps people to actually track what you're eating and making sure that you're eating the right portions. So, you know, with that said, you if you have a calorie goal of, let's say, 1,800 calories um, for weight loss, you could technically eat 1,800 calories of junk food all day, <laughs> or you could eat 1,800 sure. calories of, of good, healthy food. Um, and... You could potentially lose weight by eating 1,800 calories of junk food. You know, you've seen things like um, that guy who ate fast food for a few months and lost all that weight. (laughs) He was in a calorie deficit, right? But, of course, that's not a healthy way of of losing weight. You really should be eating a good balance of vegetables and fruits, lean protein. Um, So it's a combination of what you're eating and the types of foods you're eating. Sure. I think, yeah, I think also what's really important is the timing of your, of your meals and the combination of the meals. So just some things I I tell a lot of people is that you want to start your day by eating. So many people kind of rush out the door and get their day started and forget to eat, but it's really important to eat something with protein within the first hour that you get up because that's what starts your metabolism for the day. So you want to have your day, you know, get off to a good start and eating something with protein within the first hour is one way to do that. And then from there you want to try to eat every three to four hours. So if you're having long periods of time in between your meals, you definitely want to add in a snack to keep you going between your meals. So again, so your metabolism doesn't start to drag. Um, as the day goes on. So those are just some simple diet things. And then along with that, you know, there's the lifestyle component where you're eating good foods. You also want to have a lifestyle that supports weight loss and a healthy lifestyle. So things like you guys talk about exercising, um, managing stress, taking care of yourself. Self-care is so important. And they really go hand in hand to make sure that you you're able to lose weight and then to keep it off. Great. Yeah, actually, I mean, that's, that's such a valid point. I mean, the lifestyle component, I think people do tend to forget about that. Um, you know, it's one thing to say, well, I want to do in the realm of like what Eric and I do and say, oh, you know, we're going to be your personal trainer and be your coach in that aspect. But there's a whole nother realm of what you handle, Colleen, the nutritional aspect. And, you know, unfortunately, the two worlds sometimes are, are further apart than what we would like to see them. And I'm sure, obviously, uh, from our standpoint and from your viewpoint, Colleen, I'm sure it's extremely frustrating, wouldn't you say, Eric? Uh, definitely, definitely. Um, I mean, when I came into it, I came into it as where you had to take care of the inside and the outside all in one. So um, it is. And unfortunately, a lot of personal trainers are not trained in the nutritional aspect of it. And um, like like Colleen said, you you can do the nutritional part, but you have to incorporate your lifestyle into that as well. And what I like to do is, I think it's part of that lifestyle. So, you know, your nutrition, your exercise, your stress, 
all of that is your lifestyle. If you want to make a change in one, you know, I deal a lot with sports nutrition, so if you want to make a change in one aspect, you have to make a change in the other aspect. You know what I'm saying? So it, it's a shame that they're not more close together, but I think, you know, I think personal trainers need, need to start, you know, start going and getting trained in nutrition or have a nutritionist, you know, on deck to where they can call and have their client, you know, refer their clients to to kind of complete that cycle. Yeah, I mean, I can honestly say that nutrition, the aspect of that from what I practice and preach uh, with my clients, uh, because I, I am not a, a certified nutritionist, nor do I pretend to be one. You know, I like you said, Eric, I mean, I, I, that's why I reached out to Colleen, because I have the utmost faith in, in her and what, what she teaches, because I, and I feel comfortable saying, you know what, I don't have all the answers here, and I don't want to pretend to have all the answers and steer you in the wrong direction. So my best suggestion right. is, you know, talk to Colleen, and from there, you know, my client herself and myself, we can sit down if, if need be, at least have a, a flow of dialogue going between the three of us so we all constantly stay on the same page. And I think, like, exactly. you know, the consistency that we all try and preach, uh, that's that's huge. Exactly, um, exactly. So yeah, definitely. In getting back to what you had said earlier about uh, proteins coming. What are some of the proteins that you feel like fit with people's, um, I guess, eating habits, uh, or what maybe you would prescribe as, uh, would you call it typical proteins? Um, is it more specific towards each person, or are there really a sector of proteins that you say, okay, these are what I would generally recommend to get started with, and then it's as per needed per person? Well, I am typically recommending protein in some form with each meal and usually with each snack. And it will depend on the person, um, you know, their preferences. But protein, you know, people think of protein as, as meats. So just looking at meats, there's proteins that are, are leaner. So something like chicken is leaner than um, some types of beef, for instance. But there's also mm-hmm. protein in in plant-based foods, so in beans and lentils, quinoa is a good source of protein. Nuts and seeds have some as well. So um, a general recommendation is to include protein in some form with each meal and each snack. And the reason is if you have something that is just carbs with your for your meal or for your snack. So, for instance, if your snack is just an apple, your blood sugar is going to go up very quickly from the sugar that's in the fruit. And then it's going to come back down pretty quickly. So at that point, you're feeling hungry again because you've been kind of on a roller coaster where your blood sugar's up and your blood sugar's down. So including something with protein is going to help your blood sugar go up more slowly and steadily, not go up as high, and then come down slowly and steadily so you're not having that crash. So going back to the apple for, you know, if you're going to have your apple as a snack, I usually am recommending to have um, nuts or peanut butter with it so that you prevent that spike in blood sugar. And each meal should be something like that. So um, breakfast, for instance, in America tends to be very high carb where people are having cereal, you know, bread type foods. Um, But it is really important to add the protein in with it. So something like oatmeal to have, almonds or peanut butter or even a protein powder mixed in with it will will help you feel full longer because it's really preventing that spike in blood sugar. Great. You know, it's funny you say that because um, I've recently become obsessed with having um, Cheerios and peanut butter with it. And I feel like okay. that's like my <laughs> re- recent go-to snack. It tastes so good, but I'm getting the natural peanut butter and a little bit of cereal that I like. And I'm like, where yeah. have you been all my life? This is this is far better calorically <laughs> than a bowl of ice cream, which I would normally rather pound down instead. Right, and you probably feel better because you're not having that crash after because the protein is, is helping and the fat and the peanut butter oh. is helping your blood sugar not oh, yeah. come shooting up and down. Yeah, I'm peanut butter. Yes. A dessert. <laughs> <laughs> What's that, Eric? The peanut butter. I can do peanut butter all day. Team peanut butter. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> Delicious. 
Well, it looks like we actually have our first caller uh, from the 201 area code, so let's put them on. Hi, caller. What is your name? Where are you calling from? My name is Sally, and I'm calling from Wyckoff. Hi, Sally. How are you? Doing well, thanks. Great. So, what can we help you with today? What kind of question do you have for us? So, um, as far as eating things are concerned, I feel like I do really well in the morning. I have a good protein egg breakfast, and for lunch, I'll have a salad, something healthy, and then for dinner, I just, I have to eat something that's not so healthy, maybe like a little bowl of pasta or something like that. How come I can go all day long without eating those bad things and not think a second about it until I get home and I'm, you know, warm and comfortable? Why? Why can't I just continue my healthy regimen throughout the day? Okay, so my guess would be that you're not getting enough calories during the day and by the time you get home and, and you're not as busy, your body's actually starving. <laughs> so you're craving oh. something with carbs because that's a quick source of energy. So something mm-hmm. like pasta that has a high-carb meal, your body is actually really craving that, that energy because you haven't been eating enough throughout the day. So I mm-hmm. would try to eat a little bit more during the day or add an afternoon snack um, maybe even have something small on your way home from work so that when you walk in the door, you're not so famished. And mm-hmm. I would bet that you probably wouldn't be craving the carbs as much at nighttime. That's exactly what happens to me. I walk in the door and I'm starving. Mm-hmm. So maybe I can eat something, uh, maybe a little more, maybe make a couple more carbs during lunch and then maybe put the salad at dinner. Maybe that would be beneficial, I guess. Yeah, and even definitely maybe have an afternoon snack because a lot of times the time between lunch and dinner is is long, and you probably mm-hmm. need something in between so that you're not so hungry at dinner time. Okay, excellent. And there was one other thing. Um, I can't remember what it was now. Uh, uh, what's your um, What's your recommendation for like like before you were saying the Cheerios? Is that okay, or am I eating something I shouldn't be eating? Cheerios? Cheerios, yeah, with Cheerios, Honey Nut Cheerios specifically. Well, is it for breakfast or a snack or when? Yeah, I do it for breakfast. Sometimes I'll have it at night, but I, you know, I've mainly started doing that because I have high cholesterol. So it, it brings, mm-hmm. supposedly, it brings down the cholesterol. So I'm trying it, but I don't want to eat. Like I feel like there are times where I eat things like that that I think are working for me, but in, it's really not that good for me. Yeah, I mean, for breakfast, if you have something like. You, any cereal, Honey Nut Cherries is not that high in sugar, but um, any cereal, it's a form of sugar because the carbohydrates break down into sugar. And then mm-hmm. if you have it with milk, that's another type of sugar. So you're having a very high carbohydrate, sugary meal for breakfast. Um, I would definitely recommend having protein with it. Another way that you could lower your cholesterol if you're looking just at breakfast, is oatmeal. Oatmeal is a really good oh, yeah. um, soluble fiber that can help to lower cholesterol. And you could add, like I was saying before, the nuts or um, peanut butter mm. or protein powder to it, and then you're having a lower-carb meal with the protein. Excellent. Okay. Well, that's all great information. I guess with that oatmeal, I probably have to do, like, the one that's not – flavored <laughs> well you can like you can the quaker oats it's better if you can flavor yeah. yourself with like cinnamon if you wanted to add you know fruit that will add some sugar to it um some people feel like they can't have it without like a little the one sugar that's but like the apple and cinnamon one or whatever like all of that's like hi i look fun and yummy but I, you can't eat me even though it's yeah oatmeal, it's a lot so. it's a lot yeah, of added it. sugar and remember oatmeal is also a <laughs> carbohydrate that breaks down into sugar so you're adding essentially sugar to sugar with something like that. Okay, good to know. Thank you so much. I am so okay, thank you. happy for the, the new information. Thank you. Have a good night. You too. Thank you so much for your call, Sally. No problem. Have a great night. Okay, there you have it. So, again, don't be afraid to call in. Jump on in on the conversation, 646 716 
Um, getting back to the oatmeal, uh, do you have any specific recommendations that you make? I mean, do you feel like the standard Quaker oat plain works or more mm-hmm. of a traditional uh, Irish oats? I, I think cut? steel cut, yeah, steel cut is definitely better. The problem is that it takes so much longer to make it. So sure. if you have the time or if you make it ahead of time, it's a better option. But I'd rather somebody have just, you know, the regular Quaker oats than nothing. I think it's a, a good, healthy meal. There's nothing wrong with the Quaker oats, in my opinion. Right. Now, I, me personally, and again, this is a question for you about me, um, I tend to like to put, well, I do like cinnamon in my oatmeal to spice it up, and every once in a while I'll put some uh, protein powder in it as well to give it some extra flavor. Mm-hmm. Um, I know you said you don't want to mix the sugars with the sugar. Now, how do you feel about uh, mixing a little bit of honey in, with natural honey in with the oatmeal? Now, is that too much sugar as well? I mean, honey is also a sugar. Your body processes it the same. So it's not ideal, even though it's a natural sugar, it's not ideal. It's the same idea as adding another type of sugar. Um, But, you know, you got to look at, like, I've I've had people say, I just cannot eat it if I don't add honey or some sort of sugar to it. So then it's like negotiating, like, all right, well, how about just adding a teaspoon instead of a tablespoon, you know? (laughs) (laughs) It's, It's better than maybe having a bagel or something for breakfast, so. Right. Well, the good thing is I can negotiate with myself pretty well, and uh, I don't mind <laughs> eating plain oatmeal with some cinnamon uh, or throwing some fresh blueberries. I, I don't have a problem with that, but I just wanted to get your take. Yeah. I used to hate no, honey a with, with a passion, and now I've been, like, putting it on with my peanut butter if I have, like, an English muffin. And I'm like, wow, we're, again, where have you been all my life? This is a great combination. <laughs> again, just like the last part that I'm probably doing myself in by mixing sugar with sugar and a side of carbs. Um, so let's get this out of the way um, you know because what we were just talking about earlier uh, in terms of lifestyle I myself and I'm sure Eric you as well and I I know for a fact Carlin you do uh, we all use the word a lifestyle Um, I never like to use the word diet because diet indicates something that is just a phase that it's you know almost guaranteed to fluctuate up and down uh, with real no uh, steady increase or decrease. And, and, and most times the diet ends up in the negative as opposed to seeing the, the ultimate results for a, a longer, consistent period of time. Um, so, I mean, what do you feel about the, the term um, from your perspective, Colin? What do you feel about the term diet? Yeah, I mean, I have to admit that I even use that out of habit sometimes, that you know, going on your diet, off your diet, so to say. Um, It's a habit for me. So I really think that for somebody that is looking to go on a diet, so to say, you know, you can go on, you can change your, your eating habits and lose weight doing a number of things. Some are healthy, some are not so healthy. But the way that you're really going to make long-lasting changes is by changing your diet, how you eat in the long run. And in order to do that, you absolutely need to make some adjustments to your lifestyle. It's just very, very, very rare. I can't think of, you know, anyone that's that's succeeded in just changing how they eat and not changing anything else about what they're doing. So it it's like we said before, it's, it goes hand in hand. Diet and lifestyle absolutely go hand in hand um, for really, you know, for long-lasting changes. Sure. No, that's very well said. Eric, what do you generally do when it comes to that word diet with your clients? Yeah, we talked about this before. Um, I hate that word. I I, I mean, I authentically hate that word. Um, Because to me, anytime (laughs) you say, (laughs) anytime you say diet, it screams temporary, it screams failure, it screams, like, you know, somebody said I want to go on a diet because I have a wedding to go to in three weeks. Well, okay, you fit into the dress in three weeks, then what happens after the wedding? You go right back mm-hmm. to the old way, you gain the weight right back, and, you know, you just pretty much wasted your time. So, yeah, I, I hate the word. Um, I'd rather you say, if you're not going to use lifestyle, you know, my main thing is, 
uh, you have to change your whole nutritional plan. Your whole nutritional plan goes along with your lifestyle. You know, if you're going to change, you're going to start going to the gym more. You're going to start working out more. Well, you have to change your nutritional plan. Your body's going to call for it. Once you start your whole new lifestyle of fitness and exercise, your body's going to call for a nutritional change. So you have a nutritional plan that you're going on. But, yeah, diet, that just screams temporary failure. Yeah, I hate that word. <laughs> good, good. I love, love the passion. So and that was good, you know, and that brings me to my next question about diet plans. So there's, so again, so many out there, and some of the newest, the hippest terminologies are the paleo diet or the gluten-free diet. Uh, so mm-hmm. tell me, what are your, some of your takes? Do you steer your clients one way or the other? Because I'm sure that's probably some of the, at least as of recently, some of the major questions. Like, what's this about the paleo or tell mm-hmm. me more about gluten-free yeah, I mean, I have to separate them because to me they're very different. But, yeah. you know, for paleo, um, it's not something that I'm proactively recommending for clients. And it's not because I don't like the plan. Um, it's just I, I don't find a lot of people that I feel would truly benefit from it. But uh, with that said, some clients are coming to me wanting to do paleo, ask me, you know, I've done it before and I felt great on it. Do you think I should go back on it? And in that case, yeah, I'll I'll work with them to create a plan that is that is paleo. There's a lot of good parts about it that um, you're really, you're not eating processed foods. You're eating lean protein, um, healthy fats, vegetables, some fruits, so there's some good parts of that. I think in the long term, it's a little hard to keep on paleo. Um, and you also really have to be careful about the protein because it's very high protein. And doing that for too long, if you're having too much protein, can be taxing on your kidneys. So you do have to be careful about that. So not something I, I use all the time. But gluten-free, on the other hand, is something I use a lot with my clients. And... There's just there's a lot of indications for it. So something that's coming to me for weight loss is not really a candidate for a gluten-free diet unless there is another reason. Um, okay. Some of the reasons that I'm recommending gluten-free is one that I see a lot is somebody with thyroid disease, mm-hmm. specifically somebody that has an autoimmune type of thyroid disease, like Hashimoto's is the one I would absolutely get them on a gluten-free diet. Okay. Um, and the reason is, just to get into, like, the science of it, is that the protein that's in um, gluten is very similar to a type of enzyme that's highly concentrated in the thyroid. So if somebody is sensitive to gluten and the body is attacking that protein, it's, in the long run, also attacking the thyroid. So getting gluten out of the diet, getting that auto um, immune type of response down can really be beneficial to somebody with that type of thyroid condition. So, and it, it makes them feel better a lot of times too, just to get it out. So that's one population that I'm using gluten-free um, uh, with a lot. And then the other is somebody with food sensitivities. A lot of times is sensitive to gluten and food sensitivities can present in a lot of ways more typically, it's um, stomach problems, something like an irritable bowel syndrome with bloating, um, stomach pain, stuff like that. And with that, there's kind of two approaches. You could do an elimination diet where you're taking gluten out and usually dairy too. You take gluten and dairy out and see what happens. See if you feel better with taking those foods out. Sometimes people do feel better. A lot of times they're not feeling, you know, that much better because gluten may not be the only food that they're reacting to. So then the other option is doing a food sensitivity test to actually identify if they're reactive to gluten um, and also which other foods they're sensitive to. So with results like that, if somebody is um, testing sensitive to gluten or or to wheat, then they'll go on a gluten-free type diet and also eliminate the other foods that they're they're sensitive to. And that's really very effective at getting symptoms under control. 
Yeah, no. And I'd please. say a, you know, a lot of clients are sensitive to wheat. So the problem is that if they're sensitive to wheat, they're typically also sensitive to a lot of, you know, some other foods. So by just taking wheat out, they're not always feeling better because they're including other foods that they're sensitive to. You know, and that brings up a, a, a question that I have um, mm-hmm. that I've noticed, um, and I'm sure are two that you've seen. I feel like when we were growing up, mm-hmm. there there really wasn't this strong sensitivity to all these foods, and and how irritable bowel syndrome is is so much more prevalent. You see the commercials all the time. Um, you know, the food allergies. I mean, where do you think that that is? Is stemming from? Do you think it's mm-hmm. just from the Uh-oh. way food is processed, how our, how our diet has yeah. changed? Because, I mean, I don't remember having a separate peanut butter-only table. Uh, I don't remember mm-hmm. people going, you know, having to create their own baby food for their babies because of the, the way the foods are processed. Yeah, I mean, there's a lot of different theories and research out there. But for, for food sensitivities, there has been a major difference in how food is processed over the past, you know, even, you know, 30 years or so since we were kids. Um, And there's also a lot of different additives and ingredients that are being added to foods that weren't in foods years ago. So whether, you know, they're synthetic or things that weren't typically found in foods, it's it's added into the food system now and a lot of processed foods that we're seeing on the shelves in your supermarket when even, you know, things kids are eating in school, when you eat out in restaurants. And my belief is that that is causing distress on the the GI system. So it could be breaking down um, basically like your gut integrity and causing sort of like a leaky gut. And then that can be in turn causing food sensitivities Food sensitivities are also an inflammatory type of response. So when you're when you're, you're reactive to certain foods, you're almost at risk of being reactive to more foods because you're in that constant inflammation type of response because of the foods you're eating. So it can feed off of, you know, each other. Wow, yeah, that's that's a mouthful, but it's very true. Very true. It's you know, I it's it's kind of I have to say it, it's it's disturbing that all these things really exist now because our our childhood was just so innocent and pure, and we never really had to worry <laughs> about reading labels and what you know this might do to this and how this might affect me. And and now it's I mean you really have to be concerned with what you're putting mm-hmm. in your body. You do, you know, and there's so many, if you look at even just like the Honey Nut Cheerios even, we were talking about that before, there's so many ingredients in it. It's not just wheat and honey. There's so many other things that are added to the foods these days that, um, you know, you could be reactive to just a little, you know, something in in the food and be fine with wheat, but maybe it's something else that's added to it that you are reactive to, so... It's hard to figure out sometimes. Yeah, no, I, I would agree. Um, so let me ask you this. If, if your clients asked you about any type of meal replacement, um, I don't know if you steer towards one or the other or, or none of the above, uh, do you steer them to an, uh, a protein shake or a bar because it's a little bit more hearty or none of the above? I am, I'm actually usually recommending a protein um, meal replacement shake or a bar a lot of times. I prefer the shake because I think you can get a lot more nutrition and customize it with a shake. So, for instance, in the morning, if you have a protein shake, you can add your protein powder, add vegetables, you know, spinach or kale and fruit and even some healthy fats like flaxseed or chia seed and just blend that up and then it's, quick, it's easy, something you can take with you if you're heading out the door. So for a lot of people, I'm recommending that they do that because it's very, you know, like I said, it's quick, it's nutritious, and you can take it with you. Um, And you can make it as dense as you'd like. Yeah, you can can add as much or as little as you want to it. The, The bars are another good option for somebody that 
is busy in the morning, maybe somebody that wasn't eating breakfast Mm -hmm. that just kind of goes, it's something that you can take with you. So there are, you know, good options out there. Um, I mean, I've been guilty myself that I get daughter, her breakfast ready. I do something in the kitchen and then she's done eating and I don't have time to eat myself. So it's better than nothing that I'll just grab something like that. Um, So it's another good option. And I, I think that, you know, along with bars, there's also snack type bars that are lower in calories that are also really good to just take with you if you're at work or if you're out all day, rather than going without anything or stopping and getting something to eat while you're out, that a, a snack bar more in like the hundred, you know, 100 to 150 calorie range is also a really good option. Are there certain uh, shakes or brands that you feel have provided the best um, satiety and, and, and best results? Is there one that you feel strongly about? There's a few that I recommend in my practice. Um, Designs for Health has some shakes and a bar that's really good. Metagenics, um, Biogenesis is another one. There, there, there are so many. So mm-hmm. you have to, you know, there's not there, there's some that have questionable ingredients. You want to go for something that is higher quality. Um, those are some brands that I really trust. So those are typically the ones that I'm recommending to my clients. Excellent. And how about yourself, Erica? What do you do for your clients in terms of, you know, is there something that you recommend or you're along the same lines as, you know, if you need something quick that you just either have a, a bar or a shake? Yeah. Um, I mean, mine is more uh, based on the client. If you, you know, I, I I preach a lot about meal prep, so I like to, you know, prep my meals um, on Sunday for the week. If you're not into that and you or you don't have time to do it, then yeah, a, a protein shake, a protein bar is is fine. Um, you know, either one is fine. Depends on which one. You know, if you're at work and you can't blend up a shake, then you're fine. You know, go ahead and have a bar for a meal replacement. Both of them are fine. Um, as far as the companies, um, the nutritional company I use is Vasalis. So they have everything from cereal to, you know, all-natural energy drinks to um, protein shakes, um, vegan protein shakes, superfood protein shakes. So I use them a lot. So I normally uh, recommend them for uh, my customers, um, my clients. Um, the same ones as Colleen said, they're, they're great also. But, I mean, different ones are going to work for different people. So, you're going to have to, you know, try one. You know, if you like it, fine, go ahead and work with that one. If you don't, you know, you have to try another one until you find one that, that you like. But um, getting back to that first question, either a shake or a bar is fine. Great. You know, and you touched on something too, Eric, that is uh, something that is, is not for the faint of heart, and that's the deadly phrase of meal prep. Once uh, <laughs> yeah. people roll their eyes and see people's pictures of, <laughs> Containers upon containers, 10 per day, and it just becomes overwhelming. Um, and, you know, and Colleen, I think you touched on it a little bit as well. Um, is there any advice that you have to get people to get started or, or maybe just make it so it's just not so overwhelming and it, that it doesn't have to be? Um, but what do you tell your clients when you mention the word meal prep so they don't vomit all over themselves? Mm-hmm. I mean, I don't. I don't really rec- I don't typically recommend the containers. I don't do that um okay. because I'm cooking for my family, so that really wouldn't work for me and for a lot of my clients. So my idea of meal prep um is well, let's start before you're actually prepping the meal. You have to decide what you're making. So I usually recommend once a week or twice a week to sit down and figure out what you're making for let's just start with dinner. So what you're going to be making for dinner for the next few nights get the food, and then do a little bit of prep if you have time on the weekends or on your days off. So not that you're full, fully cooking all of these meals, but it might be that you're chopping vegetables. It might be that you are cooking something like chicken so that it's ready to um, to be combined with other foods for, for your meal. So maybe you're cooking the chicken and then at dinner time, you're combining it with vegetables in like a stir fry or something like mm-hmm. that. 
So, or maybe cooking like a, a roasted chicken, having that for dinner one night, and then using the rest of the chicken that's had already cooked and putting it into something else, so into a soup or a salad or even like a quesadilla, so that you're really cutting down on the time that you're spending in the kitchen and using your time wisely when you are in the kitchen. Um, I There's one thing that I recommend to people that are just kind of getting started with this, it's a website called The Fresh 20, and you subscribe. They send you a meal plan each week with um, – it's just dinner recipes, but you can choose gluten-free, you can choose paleo, you can choose, choose vegetarian or just regular diet. And they give you some tips like that on meal prep. So they'll give you ideas of what you can do on the weekend or when you have time to just chop up vegetables to – when you're cooking chicken, cook double and then use it again for another meal so that it kind of takes, the, you know, you don't have to plan as, as much because they're doing that for you. And then it starts to kind of get you in the habit of thinking that way and starting to get creative in the kitchen and making the most of your time. Sure. Um, you know, and, and you, you mentioned it too. I mean, I know you have a daughter coming and I've seen pictures of you trying to convince her of foods that may be <laughs> Look like pancakes, but they're not uh, truly pancakes. Yeah. Um, so how do you incorporate healthy eating when it does come to feeding a family? Because there are so many different palates, so many different tastes, and especially mm-hmm. when you're dealing with young children. I mean, you can try and make things look fun and colorful, but sometimes, I, I know for myself, if it looks like spinach, I'm probably not going to eat it no matter how much you tell me it's going to taste like ice cream. So, I mean, what is your (laughs) suggestion on on something like that in terms of just feeding the different palates of a a family? Yeah, I mean, I have to say that it is very, very frustrating as a mother to have a child that doesn't want to eat healthy foods um, or is a picky eater. And I can't say that I really have experienced that. My, My daughter is going through a phase where she's not eating vegetables. She'll actually just spit them out, and she's not being a brat. She doesn't like the taste of it. Um, And it's frustrating for me, but I've worked with a lot of people that have older children that are, you know, picky eaters. And as much as you want them to eat vegetables, you also, you have to get them to eat. So if they're not eating vegetables, you got to get them to eat something else. Um, so it, it's it's very frustrating, and it's sort of a sensitive subject because as parents, you have to you know you're trying to do your best for your kids, but you also got to make sure they eat. So I think that um, starting young, offering them lots of different fruits and vegetables and healthy foods at a young age is really important. And they've done studies. I think it's something like seven times that you have to introduce the food, even if they're not. If they're if they don't like it, keep trying because sometimes their their taste changes over time, and it can take a few times to actually introduce the food before the child will eat it. Um, there's there's recipes that you kind of hide vegetables or fruits. That's what you were talking about with the pancakes. Like I made, right? Um, it was spinach pan spinach and banana pancakes. Yeah. So it was just, yeah, it was like pureeing spinach and, and bananas and mixing it in with flour. I made pancakes out of that, and my daughter ate it, and I was so excited. Nice, <laughs> nice. going through that phase. Or there's like, there's pasta dishes that, um, the sauce, there's one that's spinach. So it's spinach on top of pasta. So it's pureed and then put on top of pasta. Or there's um, like a butternut squash sauce that I'll put on top of pasta that she'll eat. So she's getting vegetables in some way. But I think when you're planning for your family, you want to try to have everybody eat the same meal. You don't want to become a short order cook and cook something for each, you know, individual in the family. So plan your meals. Take into consideration taste of children. Children don't typically like things that are really strong in in flavor or something spicy. So you may have to kind of adjust adjust that for your child, but try to offer them what the entire family is eating um, and have patience because when you have a child that is picky or is not eating, it can be very frustrating. So you know, and you don't want to see them, you don't want to have them see you get frustrated as 
hard as that is. <laughs> Try to be patient with it. Absolutely. Um, these are great, great talking points. Uh, you know, Eric, I know you've got a, a couple of daughters. Um, do you feel like you have the same issue in terms of trying to find something that uh, works for them? Or do you just say, you know, here's what we're eating. These are the two options, take it or leave it. And, you know, we're going to eat healthy as a family. No, um, unfortunately, the whole take it or leave it thing doesn't really work with four-year-olds. So, um, <laughs> <laughs> so um, no, what, actually what I found out is I can juice anything and they'll drink. So, they, you know, my girls, they don't really eat, you know, um, broccoli and, uh, you know, anything, really anything green, they really don't eat. <laughs> but if if I juice it and put an apple in there, they'll drink it. So mm-hmm. that's how that's how they get their vegetables. I'll juice it because they see um they see mommy and daddy drinking it, and you know, especially when the one thing I found out if you pour all of the cups in the same blender, you know, don't try to make a different type of juice or whatever, and they see you drinking it from the same blender or from the same juicer, they'll drink it. And so if I can juice anything, my girls will drink it. So right now that's working. That's what I'm doing. They're getting the vegetables. Mommy and daddy are happy. And you know we have no part, no issues right now with that. Now another couple of years, I don't know. We have to figure something else out. <laughs> that's great. And you know, and I think that that is such a, a a good idea. You know, it's not do pulling the old switcheroo. You just you know they see what you're drinking immediately and say, well, all right, you know, if they drink it and they like it, then you know it, it must be good. And ideally, it is good. I know you guys you know, try and feed your family very well and, you know, walk the talk in terms of nutrition. So that's that's great. Um, again, if you want to join in on the conversation, ask any one of us any questions with general guidelines of nutrition, it's 646-716-9397. Also, I want to mention one of our grateful sponsors here, audible.com. Try it free for 30 days. Start with a free book. Get the free app. Enjoy the membership benefits. It's that easy. Go to audible.com to find out more on how to get started. Um, Speaking about getting started, so when you start working with your clients, Colleen, I'm I'm sure, and and you you talked about about caloric intake, how do you figure out and how do you teach uh, your clients as to all right, you need X amount of clients per day for you personally to sustain. Mm-hmm. I mean, I'm figuring it out based on an equation that I use, just, and that takes into consideration the client's gender, their age, their current weight, um, their height and their activity level, and then I'll subtract calories off of That gives you a baseline, and then I'm subtracting calories off of that for weight loss. Um that's very similar to if you went on to something like a MyFitnessPal, which is the one I'm typically recommending, and plug all that information in yourself. It's going to calculate a calorie range at, for your daily caloric needs, and that's very similar to what I'm actually calculating with my clients. So I am typically having my clients use something like that, whether it's just for a few days to get a baseline or if it's something that they'll do longer term to track their their intake so they know where they're how much they're adding up with their calories. Um and then the thing I really like about the My Fitness Pal is that it's breaking down not only how many calories you're eating, but it's breaking down the carbs, protein and fat, which you can actually customize um in your account. And a lot of times that's very useful to take a look at because if you're Getting to your calorie range, but let's say the percentage of you know carbs or protein or fat is off, that may be what needs to be adjusted to either continue weight loss or to get you back on track. Excellent. Yeah, that's um, that's something that I recommend to my clients as well. My Fitness Pal, uh, you know, the amount of information that it provides you. And really, once you kind of get into it and you actually just do a little bit of work and, and trying to figure out how to use it properly, I mean, for it being free, it's probably one mm-hmm. of the, I feel, it's probably one of the, the best tools out there. I mean, it's on your phone constantly. You know, and just like anything else, you have to be honest. And it's 
but you input, but it doesn't get any easier than scanning a barcode and basically mm-hmm. doing the same thing, hit repeat. Um, and it's it's unbelievable. I mean, it, it really kind of takes the laziness out of food tracking and and really it allows you to, I feel like, be more honest instantaneously because at any given point, really, almost everything has a barcode. And if it doesn't, there's hundreds of thousands of food items that people have have input over the course of years that it should be in there. And if not, you know, the lazy part is, well, I have to look up the information and I have to put it in manually, but uh, really how long does that take us? Um, So, I I mean, I think personally, I I think that's one of the best apps out there. And and I I know I introduced that to, uh, I just started training a husband and wife and they're over the moon about it because they're like, oh my God, I didn't realize what I was eating and now I can keep track of this. And and now they Mm -hmm. say, all right, I only have a little bit left. Like, how do I want to use it? But, you know, obviously use it for the right reason. You don't want to save up for all these other special <laughs> items. But, um, I, you know, I, I, I can't say enough good things about it when it's used properly. Yeah, yeah absolutely. Um, speaking of which, and I know you, you just talked about the, the percentages. Um, based upon the formula, I mean, is there anything else um, – that you use in terms of trying to figure out percentages or do you like to just say, um, you know, based upon age and, and height and um, those other parameters in terms of figuring out percentages, guidelines of your calories, proteins, carbohydrates? Yeah. Well, the, the age and height and weight is only giving you calories. So from there, um, once you have the calories, I'm typically recommending – a little bit lower carb. I'm usually doing about 30 to 40% carbs, um, about 40% protein, and then that leaves you with 30 to 40% of fat. And people say to me, well, like that sounds like a lot of fat, but when you think about it, it's really not if you're eating a lot of protein because protein has fat in it. So a lot of your fat is coming from the protein that you're eating, and then you do want to leave room for healthy fats, not all fat is bad. There's a lot of healthy fats that are very beneficial. So things like um, nuts and seeds, healthy oils, coconut oil, olive oil, those are fats you want to include in your diet because they are anti-inflammatory, they're high in omega-3s. It's a really good way to use your calories. Um, So that's going to kind of bring up the fat percentage. And then with carbs being low, it's not like a, a no-carb diet. So people think of like Atkins that was very, very low in carbs. It's not like that at all. I'm recommending that you get a lot of your carbs from foods that naturally have carbohydrates. So things like vegetables and fruits have carbohydrates naturally present in them. But um, with something like 30% of your daily calories coming from carbs, that still is leaving room for some other starches. So stuff like rice and bread and pasta will fall into that category. But if you're doing a lower carb, overall carb intake, it's going to help you limit the portions of those those extra carbs. And that's where I find, I find people tend to overdo their intake um, by eating extra carbs because it's a little easier to eat carbs than it is to overeat something like protein. Right. Um, one of the last things that I'd like to touch on, and again, one of the, the buzzwords is a cleanse. And obviously, too, that's something that I feel like ties into the the dreaded D word of diet, that I feel like there there's a lot of negative connotation to that word. And I, I believe that, too, because a cleanse is just, I, I think, um, a, just a, a quick fix to kind of get you to where you're going. Um, so what are your thoughts on that uh, in terms of mm-hmm. do you steer your clients away from that kind of theory or do you say there are certain things that I, I would recommend but only if necessary? Mm-hmm. Well, with cleanses, it's sort of like using the word diet where there are so many different cleanses, so many types of cleanses. Some are very, very, very restrictive. Um, and some can be, you know, a a two-day cleanse or there's people that do a 30-day cleanse. So 
it's hard to group everything in one category when you're talking about cleanses. But it's something that I use for some of my clients. And the reason is that um, toxins in your body often are stored in your fat cells. So when you lose weight, a lot of times those toxins are released back into your system. And if you had a high toxic burden, either from you know diet or maybe sometimes something like smoking or excessive alcohol, your toxic burden could be high. When you, you are losing weight, those toxins are going back into your system. And if there are too many toxins in your system, your body kind of shuts down the weight loss and the fat loss because there's too many toxins in your system. So something like a cleanse, if you do it right, can help to release those toxins to either get your weight loss started or for somebody that's hit a plateau and is unable to continue losing weight and can help you to get over that plateau. Um, The one that I'm, I'm using with my clients is not as restrictive as some of the other cleanses that people, you know, typically think of. It's a combination of some shakes, so two shakes a day, but also food. So you're eating um, lean protein, you're eating vegetables, you're eating some of the lower sugar fruits for 14 days. So it's not like you're not eating at all. You are eating, you're doing the shakes also, and it's a system that can help to release some of those those toxins. It's like a liver cleanse, essentially. Um, You have to be careful, though. It's not for everybody. It's something I use with a small number of of clients, and it has to be somebody that doesn't have another medical condition going on that could, you know, be dangerous if they were to do a cleanse. So, for instance, somebody that has something like diabetes, you really it, it can be very dangerous to do a cleanse because you're putting yourself at risk for low blood sugar if you're drastically changing what you're eating and how much you're eating. You know, especially if you're on something that helped to lower your blood sugar. So it has to be done carefully. Um, and I, like I said, there's so many different options that it's hard to say that I totally agree with cleanses. The one that I am using I, I think is okay for some people, but there are certainly others that I wouldn't, I wouldn't recommend. Okay. Now, how would you determine um, if somebody had some type of uh, like a toxic burden and, and, you know, what are there any type of signs that you would say like this is occurring and in which case you would recommend something like your 14-day cleanse? It's typically, I mean, sometimes people ask me to do a cleanse because they just want the motivation. So sometimes discuss it and I feel like they're appropriate. They'll just do it right away. More mm-hmm. often, though, it's somebody that is really following a program and either they're not losing weight or they get stuck. And I'd say that's probably like the number one is that somebody did fantastic, they lost 10 pounds, and now they have hit the plateau. You could try things like doing lower calories, more exercise, changing the percentage of carbs to protein, stuff like that. But also another option would be to do a cleanse and see if that gets them over that plateau. Perfect. Well, I I certainly think we... We utilize all your your knowledge and then some tonight, Colleen. I want to thank you for coming on. This is a wonderful opportunity for everybody out there to pick up some, hopefully, some really good tips they can tuck in their back pocket. Um, But more importantly, Colleen, um, why don't you tell everybody how potentially they can reach you, whether it's a website, what your location is, a phone number, um, and how you like to maybe go about setting up appointments. Okay, sure. So my website is just my name. It's www.colleenmagnani.com, and that's C-O-L-L-E-E-N-M-A-G-N-A-N-I.com. And once you're there, you can actually just click on book an appointment. So it will give you the option to book an appointment locally if you're in northern New Jersey. My office is in Waldwick. Or you can book an appointment over the phone or um, over Skype. So you can do that right from my website, or you can click on Contact Me, and it will send me an email. There's also the office phone number on there as well. So that's probably the easiest way to 
get in touch with me. Um, I'm on Facebook also. It's Facebook. I'm just actually seeing what my... It's Okay, so it's North Jersey Nutrition and Wellness. So if you go to facebook.com slash North Jersey Nutrition and Wellness, you'll find me. That's my business name. And anybody that is local, um, I do take insurance. I'm in network with most major insurance. So that's an option. If you're local, it does have to be somebody that's seeing me in person because I cannot bill for something that's done over the phone, unfortunately. But anyone that's in the area, that's another option to perhaps go through insurance so that um, the visit's covered by your medical insurance. Wow, that, I'm sure that's a that's a big help for potential clients to be covered by uh, insurance. Mm-hmm. I mean, all plans have coverage, so it depends sometimes on the reason for the visit. But um, all plans have some sort of nutrition coverage, and some have coverage just for general preventative nutrition. Others don't, unfortunately. But there's a number of plans locally that do have coverage if you just wanted to meet with somebody to go over, you know, how you're doing and what changes you should make to lose weight or or keep yourself healthy. Perfect. And, Eric, I know you have some new sure. things going on in terms of where you're at, so why don't you give everybody else a, a little heads up of where you're going to be and what's going on. Yeah, um, I mean, I'm, I'm still in, I guess it's what, Central, Central Jersey, Flemington? Um. So I'm still training out of Chanel Gymnastics. I'm still doing the personal training thing. Um, you can also go, you know, go to my website, body body dash com. Um, I have a whole new site coming up soon to where you can book your um, a training session, book an appointment, consultation, everything right from the site. So that'll be up um, next week. Uh, you can also just you know call me on the phone, email me body dot dot e at gmail dot com. You know, first thirty minute consultation is free, so um, you can do that. I'm also uh, I'll be a, a trainer at the new CKO in Flemington. So if you don't catch me at Shields Gymnastics, you can catch me at CKO in Flemington. I might be training out of Hillsboro one also. So you know, a lot of hit cardio coming at you. Um, Sounds like you've been that's right all over the place. Yeah, hey, yeah, just trying to work, man. Just trying to work. Now, is there a phone number that people can reach you at? Yeah, definitely. Um, 908-361-2973. Um, call me up, text me, either one. And, um, you know, from there we'll go and schedule your, your uh, free 30-minute consultation. We'll, we'll go on from there. Also, I'm, you know, I'm all over social media. So, uh, Jersey Kid, JK on Instagram. I'm on Facebook, um, Body by E, uh, Jersey kid, I'm on Twitter. Same, you know, same name. So you you have uh, multiple ways of finding me. <laughs> that is very true. This man is all over Facebook, and he puts <laughs> out good information on a regular basis. Definitely important to tune into what Eric has to say. Uh, and myself, as always, my business transformations by Sean Michael. I operate out of the northern New Jersey area, close to where Colleen is. I'm out of North Halden, but bordering right over in the Passaic slash Bergen County border there. Um, I can be reached at 201-207-7678, or you can email me at sean at transformedbysean.com, or visit my website, transformedbysean.com. And again, you can book your appointments. You can Hit that contact form and fill that out, and you can request a 60-minute consultation, or we can set up a free workout for you, and I'll be happy to answer any questions you may have as well. Um, is there anything else that any of you would like to touch upon before we decide to wrap up the show this evening? Uh, no, I think we're good. Yeah. I think I did a lot uh-huh. of talking. I need to have a big glass of water now. <laughs> <laughs> yes, you did fantastic. You definitely, you, you rocked it tonight. We cannot thank you enough for your time. And I know with uh, with a family, your your time is very valuable. So thank you again for coming yeah, on the show. Thank you so much for us. having me. 
Absolutely. A lot of great yeah, information. More than welcome. Yeah, it was. It was truly a lot of great information we, we got. Uh, and I hope that people will take that and, like I said, put it in their back pocket or reach out to, to you and, and hopes for potential clientele. Um, so, again, that concludes our show, Bro Science, with a little side of nutrition. Thank you again to Colleen Magnani. And we will be speaking to you in the very near future. Everyone have a wonderful evening. Yep, all right. Good night. Take care. Bye.